innovation and consumer functionality. It's vital in all areas of fast-moving consumer goods, and it's vital also for Tetra Pak and its customers. I'm joined here in Medina by Fabio Tomazelli, product manager opening Closure and Straw, um, who, who works at, at Tetra Pak. Fabio, um, you spoke of new innovations from Tetra Pak, such as the Dreamcap, um, and indeed, you know, Tetra Pak's um, reputation in, in, in part um, relies on its, its strong track record um, in, in terms of innovation. But you also discussed the need to perhaps sometimes, you know, in the real world, make compromises to hit what you call this sweet spot um, in markets or segments where, where cost is, is perhaps a driver. So, Fabio, to, to what extent are, are consumers prepared to accept um, slightly reduced convenience um, for, for a lower product cost? Well, I guess that, like most of the questions with consumers, my first initial answer would always be it depends. And when I say it depends, I think it depends on the categories to which we are selling it depends on the different countries and also in in many cases the social class to which these consumers belong Mm -hmm. i would say that if i think for instance just taking as as an example milk or dairy products in general those industries uh, tend to have lower margins Mm -hmm. and those products tend to be more commoditized so consumers in in those specific types of categories tend to accept less functionality and, and, and would prefer to have a, a, a better price, especially if they have children. They buy many, many liters of milk per, per, per week or even per month. So if they can save, they, then they, they tend to accept the compromise. It is a bit different in, let's say, functional products, which have more value added, and then consumers expect more functionality, and hence are also normally willing to pay a bit more for convenience. So it really, uh, I think it's depending on the country and depending on the type of of, um, product that is going to be packed in the package, consumers uh, would then uh, quite well accept that compromise and, and, and actually prefer and benefit from lower cost. Okay, let's let's make a, a step change. You know, on, on closures specifically, um, the factors that, that affect market choice. You use the example of, of one-step um, closures, which are, are more popular in Germany for convenience, while while two-step are, are favoured in in Brazil, for instance. You know, why why is this this variance between markets? Mm-hmm. Well, if if I go back exactly to that example, so the Brazilian and German and German examples, in in Brazil, uh, consumers uh, still uh, are a bit hesitant and really think of food safety and they want to be, be sure that the product hasn't been tempered in any way. And I, I think it's, it's very much linked to, in the past, uh, scandals with industrialized products that had been counterfeit and, and, and products had been modified or, or people really thinking that uh, in the supermarket one might have opened the product and then being concerned with the integrity of the product inside. And uh, so then they, they tend to prefer packages, and in this case closures, where they can be I, I, I played and I said 200% sure that it hasn't been tempered because they can look, they can turn it around, spin it, and they'll see that it's hermetically closed. On the other hand, in Germany, it seems like consumers take for granted that products haven't been tempered. If they are in their supermarkets, they trust, they know that they're good. So then they're really going for convenience. And I think these characteristics change a lot according to uh, the, the cultural history of countries, but also to some extent to the maturity and development of the different markets and different market segments. Okay. Um, and pre-applied and post-applied closures, which factors affect um, choice here? Is cost a driver? Does the beverage segment in question um, make a difference? Mm-hmm. Yes, it, it makes a lot of a difference. Cost is definitely a driver. Uh, pre-applied closures are 
generally speaking, uh, cheaper because, uh, as I mentioned, we cut some of the parts and some of the steps in the value chain, less freight. The, the beverage industry would buy polymer and produce their own closure, which implies that the cost is going to be lower, but they're going to have le- uh, say less capacity to actually add features, add characteristics that would make that closure even more functional, basically because their industry is to produce beverage, milk, juices, whatever, and not closures. So they're not going to have a huge industrial capacity to produce exclusively closures. On the other hand, when we talk of post-applied, we, uh, we, we, we can have all the resources, high-speed lines, uh, complex lines to, uh, with a lot of engineering applied to them to produce uh, closures that have basically any characteristic one could desire. And then the point, the point difference here is really the cost as a driver. So I would say that normally pre-applied closures are more suitable or are normally chosen. Obviously, this is not a rule, but it's, as we see a bit from the majority of the market numbers, uh, to industries like the dairy industry, more commoditized products where they basically want to add functionality but at the lowest possible cost. And then on the other end, when I see post-applied closures, those are, tend to be the preferred from other industries uh, like uh, more fancy beverages or uh, juices or things that are less commoditized and hence uh, the typical public, the typical consumer is willing to pay a bit more to have the functionality in hand. Okay. And to round things off, um, you know, you spoke um, eloquently about Tetra Pak's um, strong rate of, of MPD in, in terms of both, both cartons and closures, but you're also a full system supplier, um, a machine supplier as well. So, I mean, how challenging is, is, it, wor- is, is it for you to work with your, your engineering colleagues to, to retrofit um, existing machines out there in the markets to, to, um, to, to run with these new closures? Well, if we think of our uh, newer machines, uh, machines from the last decade, I'd say, it becomes easier and easier because we have started with the mentality of flexibility, which means a lot retrofitability of the machines. So in many cases, it's just a matter of changing some parts or even uh, small rebuilding kits, and then we're able to, to retrofit machines in the field. Uh, the the problem, and it's born as a problem, and I'd say, but uh, actually from a good thing, is that the life cycle of many of our machines are extremely long. So it's common that we see in the market quite old machines. It's still running with uh, a lot of efficiency. Machines with 20, 25, 30 years of age, of, of operation, and still performing well. And then those machines were built with older technologies and different concepts, let's say, as they were structured. So in those cases it's harder to rebuild and sometimes I would say it's I mean nothing is impossible but in in some cases the cost of rebuilding is just too high for one to rebuild so it would actually be more of an advantage to get a new line a new system yes well thank you for those insights my pleasure